This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Wednesday, December the 8th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's Kent Online Podcast. Plenty coming up, including reaction to Gillingham's thrashing at Rotherham last night. Plus, we've been chatting to the founder of an animal sanctuary near Sittingbourne, who's waiting to find out if they'll be allowed to keep running. But first today, we have to talk about that alleged Christmas party at Downing Street. Did it or didn't it happen? What's the PM had to say? And indeed, what is the future now for Boris Johnson? So how has this all come about then? Well, there started to be rumours that a party had been held at number 10 last December after Covid rules were brought in banning gatherings. Then last night, a video emerged of the Prime Minister's former press secretary taking part in a mock press conference and joking about no social distancing at a cheese and wine event. Number 10 has always denied that any such gathering took place and, in fact, in recent days, ministers have denied it too. All the guidelines were observed, continue to be observed. Number 10 have been very clear. There was no party, there's been no breach of the rules. I've been assured that everything was done to comply with the COVID regulations at the time. But the footage has left many MPs outraged, including North Thanet's Sir Roger Gale. If we are going to beat a micron, then the government is going to have to take probably some further measures. People have to comply with those measures and be able to and feel that they are able to comply. And if we're getting one message from Downing Street and another message from government, then people are not going to do as they're asked. And that is serious. That means that the health service could be in trouble and people's lives could be at stake. Uh, We have to remember that this was a dry run rehearsal for Allegra Stratton, apparently. Um, and that it was Downing Street staff, not the press corps, who were asking the questions. And inevitably, under those circumstances, there's there's probably a degree of black humour. I I understand that entirely. Um, People are allowed to laugh occasionally. Um, Some of us don't do it too much, maybe not enough. Um, We are are allowed to be irreverent. Doctors are irreverent. They have to be. They have to stay sane somehow. So I, I, I don't have any quarrel with that at all. What I do have a quarrel with, is the idea that this party, and I'm told uh, by sources, that food was taken in, that drink was taken in, that entertainment was had. And if that is so, that sounds to me pretty much like a party. We cannot, uh, this is a Barnard Castle moment potentially, isn't it? We cannot say one thing and do another. We have to be believed, we have to be trusted because at the end of the day, we have to carry people with us. We contacted all 16 of Kent's Conservative MPs first thing this morning and gave them until midday to send us a statement. Chatham and Aylesford's Tracy Crouch was the first to get in touch. She said, I am fuming. My constituents have every right to be angry. Their memories of lost loved ones are traumatised, knowing that they died alone. First and last Christmases passed by and many spent what is usually a special day by themselves. I'm not even going to be begin to justify or defend a party in Downing Street, we all deserve a fulsome explanation and apology and swiftly. While Kent's only Labour MP, Rosie Duffield, who represents Canterbury, has called on the Prime Minister and those around him to take responsibility for their actions and treat the public with respect. Well, we very much hope that other MPs will get in touch with us. Please check the story on Kent Online to see if your representative has sent us a comment today. 
Meantime, Prime Minister's questions at lunchtime was a chance for Boris Johnson to address what's happened, and this is what he said. I understand and share the anger up and down the country at seeing number 10 staff seeming to make light of lockdown measures. And I can understand how infuriating it must be to think that the people who have been setting the rules have not been following the rules, Mr Speaker, because I was also furious to see that clip. And Mr Speaker, I apologise. I apologise unreservedly for the offence that it has caused up and down the country, and I apologise for the impression that it gives. But I repeat, Mr Speaker, that I have been repeatedly assured since these allegations emerged that there was no party and that, and that no COVID rules were broken, and that is what I have been repeatedly assured. But I have asked the Cabinet Secretary to establish all the facts and to report back as soon as possible. And, Mr Speaker, it goes without saying that if those rules were broken, then there will be disciplinary action for all those involved. Mr Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others, and in addition to my duties in this House, I shall have further such meetings later today. It was, in fact, a very heated PMQs. There were calls from some for the Prime Minister to resign, while others told stories of how people have missed out on last moments with relatives who'd passed away from the virus. Here's some of what Labour leader Sakir Starmer had to say. Mr Speaker, I thought last week was bad enough. Surely, surely the Prime Minister isn't now going to start pretending that the first he knew about this was last night. Surely. We've all watched the video of the Prime Minister's staff, including his personal spokesperson. They knew there was a party. They knew it was against the rules. They knew they couldn't admit it. And they thought it was funny. It's obvious what happened. Anton Decker ahead of the Prime Minister on this. (laughs) The Prime Minister has been caught red-handed. Why doesn't he end the investigation right now by just admitting it? So let's get some analysis now from our political editor, Paul Francis. Paul, PMQs can often be a bit of an anti-climax, but this was pretty explosive today, wasn't it? Well, if you could have sold tickets for today's Prime Minister's questions at Westminster, you would have been able to make quite a bit of money. This was one of those occasions where people knew that there was going to be some fairly painful questioning of the Prime Minister over this Downing Street Christmas party, which uh, either took place or didn't take place at all, depending on who you listen to. And what did you think of the Prime Minister's performance? Because he appeared to try and deflect attention away from talk of the party on a number of occasions. Now, Boris's strategy was to head off some of these questions about whether the party took place or not by saying that he wanted uh, an independent inquiry to look at uh, the events and to examine whether anyone had been in breach of the uh, lockdown restrictions last December. Now, when a politician is in a bit of a hole, what they try to do is to move the agenda onto something else, uh, and that something else cropped up in PMQs today in reference to the possibility that there could be more restrictions on their way later this afternoon. Uh, and it was clearly 
the Prime Minister's uh, hope that this would sideline some of the questioning that came from the Labour opposition leader, Keir Starmer, who questioned whether the Prime Minister had any authority left. As I said earlier, there were calls for the PM to resign. Not the first time that's happened. Will he survive this latest scandal, do you think? Did he buy enough time to uh, focus, as he wants, on other matters? Possibly, but I still think there's a lot more legs in this story, not least because we are going to have an official inquiry led by a senior civil servant uh, into what exactly happened. As to Boris's long-term future, I don't see there being any immediate threat to it. But uh, if there are further revelations and if the inquiry does indeed find that uh, a Christmas party did take place in breach of the current lockdowns, then that's going to be a difficult issue for him to deal with. Thank you ever so much, Paul. And Paul has also been speaking to Conservative County Councillor Paul Cooper and started by asking how damaging he thought this had been for the government. Well, I, I don't think it's been um, particularly damaging so far. I think the damage is about to come. Um, I, I think it's a tremendously embarrassing incident um, and, and something which, you know, if indeed true, people have every right to be angry about. Um, the, the Prime Minister has said multiple times that there was no party. So now there's an investigation into whether there was. I mean, it, people are going to be very confused and possibly think the Prime Minister has been trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. Well, I, I think at this stage, you know, let's let's wait to see what the inquiry says. But, but if it turns out that there was a party and, and that the Prime Minister... Um, was was aware of it, then then I think there is a serious problem, and and, and people very rightly um, would would believe that they've had the wall pulled over their eyes. But to be honest, pulling the wool over people's eyes and, and and absolutely trampling all over them are two very different things. And 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 it strikes me that actually it might be the latter that has gone on. But if indeed it is true, we've also had a poll online today asking if the Downing Street party scandal will make you less likely to follow government COVID rules. Forty eight percent of you so far have said yes, while 52% have said no, we still have to protect ourselves from the virus. We've also asked the same question on socials today. Here are some of your responses. Lloyd Porter has said government may still have the legal authority, but they have most certainly lost the moral authority to impose COVID restrictions. Catherine Maria Sayer has added, I will follow common sense as best I understand it, regardless of what the government do or say. Do I trust the government? Absolutely no. Danielle Hinchelwood has added, I will most certainly not be being told by Boris this year what I can and can't do at Christmas. I will be seeing my family regardless as I'm sure he will be also. And Cameron Joel just finally has said, most of us have had to sacrifice so much within the last two years and for what? The government to make a mockery of us all and party it up in 10 Downing Street whilst people weren't allowed to see their dying loved ones in hospital or the nurses doing overtime to treat Covid patients patients or people's mental health hitting an all-time low because of the continuous lockdowns. Do as I say, not as I do, seems to be the new motto for the UK government. And here's what some of you have been saying to our colleagues at KMTV who've been out and about in Canterbury today. I'm pretty sure it happened. Uh, don't trust the government or Boris Johnson on any level. Um, I think they should come clean and they should apologise. Should they have done it? No. Um, did they do it? I would say definitely yes. Um, I do think it's a bit of a 
um, two fingers up to the nation because last Christmas was particularly tough for a lot of people. I think they should all be sacked. Disgraceful. And I think they're out of touch with uh, the general public. If it happened, whether or not it happened, we've got more serious things to worry about in my head. Now we are talking about restrictions again because it's understood that Boris Johnson's minded to introduce coronavirus plan B measures maybe as early as next week. Now that would mean a return of work from home guidance in England while vaccine passports could also be considered. The Prime Minister is said to be worried that if he doesn't tighten rules now he'll regret it in a month's time. Dr Julian Tang is a consultant virologist and says now is the right time to bring restrictions back. The more you do earlier, the better the result you have later on in the pandemic. And we know this from previous experience with Alpha and Delta. Uh, so leading up to Christmas, New Year, when there's more social mixing, more pre-Christmas shopping. And we saw last year there was a surge in the new year. If we implement this now, we will blunt that surge. And finally, on COVID, coronavirus cases are continuing to rise in Ashford, which now has the third highest infection rate in England. There are 838 cases per 100,000 people compared to the Kent average of 610. More than 11,400 positive tests were recorded across the whole county in the week to last Thursday, which is up 18%. But deaths have dropped slightly last month and the number of coronavirus patients in hospital remains relatively low. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and two teenagers have been charged with murder after the body of a man was found in Tunbridge Wells. The 25-year-old victim was discovered at a property on Cayley Road in the early hours of Saturday. Police made six arrests and have now charged a 17-year-old boy and 18-year-old man. They're still questioning three other men while a fourth has been released on bail along with a woman who was detained on suspicion of assisting an offender. A Ramsgate man who attacked his girlfriend leaving her brain damaged has been jailed for four 14 years. Adam Fleming's victim was rushed to hospital in April and now needs round-the-clock care. The 27-year-old from Old School Row admitted GBH with intent. A former soldier from Faversham who strangled and punched his ex-partner has been jailed. A court heard Ian Masterman tried to stop police from helping her as she became unconscious following the attack at their home last February. The 55-year-old has been locked up for two years and made subject to a five-year restraining order. Kent police have paid a man £2,000 in compensation after arresting him, despite the fact he was 100 miles away at the time of the alleged offence. Officers said Ben Spicer had gone into an area of Dover he wasn't allowed to under a non-molestation order, but he was actually in Surrey at the time and the order had been amended anyway, so he wouldn't have been breaking the rules. The 31-year-old has now been awarded the payout in an out-of-court settlement. An inquest has been told a junior doctor who drowned after going into the sea in Margate for a late-night swim had been out drinking with friends before it happened. The body of the 26-year-old was found by lifeboat crews in the town Harbour in September. The inquest has now been adjourned until next February. A Maidstone mum whose daughter is dyslexic is welcoming the idea of screening all children for it when they leave primary school. It's been suggested by the former health secretary Matt Hancock who only found out he had the condition while at university. Alexandra Castle says her daughter who's now studying for her GCSEs was lucky to be diagnosed at the age of 10. The only route open to us was having that done privately because it wasn't available uh, elsewhere. My petition is more about the exam system being more dyslexic friendly, uh, but certainly if there were earlier interventions, that might become uh, 
A, less necessary and also be a little bit easier to be accommodated. Alexandra was chatting on the lowdown last night along with other experts. You can watch that episode in full at kentonline.co.uk. And of course, as you might expect, tonight's episode will focus on the fallout for from the alleged Downing Street Christmas party. Don't forget, you can get involved whilst the programme is on. You can post a question to the panel of experts by watching via Facebook. The Kent Online Podcast with Ballin Maidstone. One of Kent's biggest secondary schools has sent all of its Year 7 pupils home because of staff shortages. The Oasis Academy in Sheerness warned parents on Monday evening it was shutting classes the following day. The school's executive principal says, all being well, students will return on Monday. A Medway man who neglected his four cats, leading to two of them dying, has been banned from keeping animals for five years. A court's heard one was in such a bad way that vets decided to put the kitten down to end her suffering. 34-year-old Isaac Fihossi from Chatham High Street has been sentenced to a 12-month community order. 15 sheep have been killed following a suspected dog attack at two farms in Dover. Five other sheep are also being treated for injuries following reported attacks in Orkham Valley Road and Wolverton Hill over the weekend. Police are urging dog owners to keep their pets on leads around livestock. Now, an animal sanctuary near Sittingbourne that's faced complaints in the past about noise could be shut down because of an issue with planning permission. Happy Pants Ranch moved onto 20 acres of land off Iwade Road in Newington in January and applied for a change of use application. Well, almost a year later, it's been recommended by council officers for refusal. Founder Amy James says it's incredibly concerning. If I'm being honest, I'm a bit of a nervous wreck. Um, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to stay positive throughout this whole situation um but it's yeah it's very difficult when when things keep sort of um seemingly to go against us it's really difficult trying to keep positive and trying to not think about well what if this happens and what if that happens and worrying about the outcome really until until we actually have the decision really so yeah I'm just trying to not think too far into the future um and just take every day as it comes at the moment (laughs) Because even though it's been recommended for refusal, the change of use uh, on that land, I mean, I guess as they say, that is only a recommendation. So you could still be all right, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is um, the way I the way I have heard about it just from asking people, because obviously I've no experience of this whatsoever. I've, I've and and unfortunately, like the planning committee aren't that great at sort of communicating with you, so they don't really let you know what's going on Um, and even if they do tell you something it's not even in sort of it's in council terms which I have very difficult time deciphering Um, but yeah basically they'd um, I think the decision can obviously be overturned I think it would just mean that the councillors would have to have some pretty good reasons in order to do that to go against what they were recommending Um, which yeah again obviously hopefully that will happen Um, but it's, it's it's really impossible to tell. There's been so much positivity about it and support. Uh, and yet, obviously, it, the, the application is also littered with all these sort of negative niggly bits that keep cropping up every five minutes. So it's, it's so difficult to, to try and even predict which way are. And it's not just the animals, is it? I mean, this is your your home is there as well. Is that right? So, I, yeah, I currently live um, with my partner, Phil, in a um, just a mobile home unit on the land um, with the animals. So, it's, uh, yeah, the, the sanctuary is is my life. So if anything happens to to that, then it's yeah, 
it's not just just the animals although obviously they mean everything to me it's it's my future as well our future where where we go where, where we're allowed to live stay oh everything is is completely up in the air it's it's really not a nice feeling to be having to go through the sanctuary is currently home to 450 animals including pigs dogs cats geese and cows It'll be discussed at a council meeting tomorrow night. We will, of course, bring you any further updates. A family from Tunbridge Wells is starring in a Christmas video made by the RSPCA. At Kent Online, you can watch the film, which tells the story of a puppy that was bought during lockdown and later abandoned. It features rescue dog Peanut and his real-life owner, who works for the charity, along with her husband and two children. Kent Online reports. A waste collection firm has been accused of lying after taking six months to remove a fly-tipped fridge and freezer in Canterbury. A councillor says Kamenko, hired by the council, repeatedly claimed they cleared the rubbish when it was first reported in Pond Lane in May, although it hadn't been. The BIM firm's director has vowed to investigate. A sports club near Canterbury has been targeted by vandals for the third time in as many weeks. Football goals were ripped from the ground and broken at the site in Chartham at the weekend. It'll cost nearly £2,000 to replace them and children's matches have had to be postponed in the meantime. There's been huge interest from shops and food places to move into new units in Whitstable Harbour. 15 spots are available following a transformation of the South Quay shed, but more than 40 companies have applied. The council are now drawing up a shortlist and it's hoped they'll be able to open by next spring. And finally today, a little boy from Kings Hill who helped increase sentences for child abusers has been invited to a Christmas carol concert being hosted by the Duchess of Cambridge. Tony Hudgel needed both legs amputated as a baby after being abused by his birth parents. The seven-year-old will be a guest at the service at Westminster Abbey tonight. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have now gone at seven league games without a win. They lost 5-1 to top of the table Rotherham last night and played the last 20 minutes with 10 men after Ryan Jackson got sent off. Gillingham manager Steve Evans says injuries in the squad are continuing to cause problems. He spoke to us after the final whistle. I think the first 20 minutes were by far the better side. I think the shape and the system um, that we come with probably caught them a little bit. And we drew good spells of position, we scored a goal, perhaps perhaps unfortunate not to have a second one. They're always going to counter-attack with the quality they've got. Um, I think 10 minutes before half-time is pivotal. I think our reserve goalkeeper makes a, makes a howler and, and they equalise. And I think for me, I, I, I can't quite see it, but my understanding of it, watching it live, is it's going to be 10 yards wide and <laughs> it's something and goes into the net. So that makes it difficult. It's a different game then. And um, the Paul O'Neill's team's not been at it first half, so he's a different type of talk at half-time than I can have. Then we join a kindy injured, so he's off injured. Um, and, the, and Toby Max coming off, which obviously unstables is given that we haven't put academy kids on the pitch. You can see what we finish with. I think second half was, was a long second half for us. The penalty, I've got, I've got no complaints with the second penalty. I think absolutely it's a penalty. The first penalty is, is we need to look at it. Um, the previous corner that led to that corner, if you like, is, is a clear foul on Obi McKenzie. Um, but no complaints, listen, they're a terrific side. They're bringing full internationals on off the bench. And, uh, and we know what we're having to bring on. Max uh, out, McKinley now out, uh, nobody coming back. There's no Mislumins or Woods. Bennett's not coming back, he's not quite right. Thunder's not quite right. Um, unprecedented. And um, I think, I have to be careful what I say, but I think we all have to go home and eat and sleep and see what we think when we wake up because 20 years of manager that's the worst ever listen the referee's the referee's poor tonight isn't 
I can only say in the occasions that I've had Ross, he's been poor every time. But that's a, that's an opinion as a manager. Other managers like him, sure one, sure Paul one love him tonight, you know. Um, but he's he's another reason. This is a really good side. Listen, you've probably been forty shots at a goal. They've scored with three deflections, by the way. They've scored with three deflections to beat us as confident as they did. But that's what we've get, we get no complaints. They missed they missed a lot of the chances. But I think to Max goes off, we're very very comfortable. Max goes off, he gets dragged to the floor. We don't even get a foul for it. He's dragged to the floor, dislocated to the shoulder. Johnny Kendi's hamstring. It's just it's just a sad situation. Really. And the Jills are next back in action against Fleetwood Town away from home on Saturday and they have dropped further down into the League One relegation zone. And in cricket, England have had a bit of a disastrous start to their Ashes tour. They were bowled out for just 147 in the first test in Brisbane. Australia's response has been delayed after rain brought play to an early close. Kent Zach Crawley is part of the England squad but missed out on playing in the opening match. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online Premium site. To do that, head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.